This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. A, a, a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash and Paul Dotino. Down the sideline, into the end zone. Touchdown, Giants! From the offseason, through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one Giants Giant steps. All right, welcome into One Giant Step. The offseason chugs along. I'm your host, Sean Morris. Remember, you can download and subscribe to the podcast everywhere podcasts are available, including free on the Odyssey app. Uh, if you missed last week's interview with safety, Dane Belton, go back, check that out. He had some interesting things to say about his injury last year and the medical procedures he's had this year. Another guy who hosts, I think, one of the elite podcasts of the Giants, one on my very short cue list, All In, with Art Stapleton. As you can imagine, when it's All In with Art Stapleton, the name of that host would be Art Stapleton, who's covered the Giants for a long th- long time. Consider him a friend. Art, welcome on in, man. How are you? What's up, Sean? Good to be here. And uh, yeah, it's been a long time, but I do appreciate the plug on the podcast as I enjoy yours as well. And that was a great interview with Dane Belton last week and saw him out there shadowing in the back since he's still recovering from that injury he talked to you about. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting spring for the Giants to say the least. For sure. Before we get into Saquon, which is going to be a big topic here on the podcast and some of the stuff from minicamps and OTAs, just to piggyback, because obviously Dane was on this podcast last week, you've been covering the team. Um, Dane certainly made it sound like um, a lot of the reasons that maybe his snap count decreased was his inability to deal with the pain from re-injuring the collarbone and the fact that he's had multiple medical procedures here. Um, the Giants clearly have a hole now with Julian Love gone at safety, who obviously was a fan favorite and a captain. They have a room of a bunch of other guys there, and, and Belton proclaimed to me that you know he's his intention is to go out there and win that job. Um do you think that that injury was the main reason Dane Belton lost those snaps last year? Or you think that's a player maybe, you know, trying to look out and find a reason as a rookie why his snap count decreased? No, I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I agree with what Dane told you. I don't think he was blowing smoke. I, I, I do think that there was a fear of, of a reoccurrence of that injury. The idea that 
uh, they, it slowed him down to the point where, you know, I think they, they were cu- almost trying to manage it in a sense to make sure that it didn't refracture uh, and then he would be gone for the year. I think they mixed and matched on the back end a little bit. Uh, certainly didn't help that when Xavier McKinney got hurt and then he was gone for an extended period of time. Uh, but I think Belton's right there in the mix. I think it'll be Dane Belton. I think Jason Pinnock is somebody who's been recovering from, uh, you know, some offseason injury stuff that that he's right in that mix. Uh, when Julian Love left, uh, I had a chance to talk to Julian uh, when he was leaving, and he mentioned, he said, I know they like JP a lot, meaning Jason Pinnock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think Bobby McCain, who they signed from Washington, will also factor in there. Uh, in that mix with Xavier McKinney. And one thing about Wink Martindale is they like to mix and match on that, you know, on that back end. And I think, uh, you know, there could be times where you see a Dory Jackson and Deontay Banks on the outside and then a mix of safeties, both in the box and deep. And I think Belton kind of factors in that if uh, McKinney plays in the box, then maybe you have Belton play deep. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like I said, good interview, uh, with him last week, and I do think that he's right there in that mix uh, on the back end with really nothing that's been decided yet uh, in the spring. Yeah. yeah, and obviously we just went through OTAs, going through the mini camp before we break, and you know it's hold your breath time in the NFL, make sure nobody gets into trouble, nothing stupid happens before training camp and all of that. Um, is safety in your mind, if we could take away the Saquon issue, which we'll get to, the you know number one concern or question mark entering uh, this training camp or training camp coming up in August for this giant team? You know, it's hard to put a label like that on safety because I've seen Wink Martindale uh, essentially without, you know, two of his top guys last year uh, kind of mix and match on the back end and bring guys in. And, you know, a guy like Nick McLeod can play safety, can play corner, can play in the slot uh, in nickel and dime packages. So I think, you know, to me, the biggest thing would be consistency uh, up front offensively. I, I think uh, the offensive line, we're still, you know, you're still, you know, you have Andrew Thomas and then you have a bunch of questions, how you think guys might respond. You're hoping for Evan Neal. You have a rookie that's in the mix to be the starter and John Michael Schmidt. I think, um, you know, <laughs> safety is an interesting one, but I do think that uh, if Deontay Banks doesn't, come out of the gates playing well, then corner immediately shoots to the top of the list. Who are you playing behind a Dory Jackson? And then if you have injury issues at corner, that's another thing, especially with the way uh, they open up the season against Dallas. And then, um, you know, a couple weeks later, they're playing Seattle who you need to be able to be, you know, out there and, you know, and, and man up in the secondary, which is something that Wink Martindale will do regardless of personnel as we've seen. Yeah. Now, now you have you talked about this a lot on All In, and you've talked about this with us last year. You know, those couple years with the pandemic, it was odd from reporting from the Giants' standpoint, not being in the locker room and everything. So now you get back in the mix last year. So now you're getting into a second go around this year. Your senses, your feet are continuing to be wet um, about like the attitude in the Giant rooms. Do you feel like there's confidence exuding after last year? Does this feel like a different, you know, group or a different locker room? You know, second year head coach Brian Dable, like where the team expects now. They're not just coming into a full rebuild. Expects to compete. Yeah, I mean, I think there. If you talk to guys in this locker room, uh, that they feel as though the 
the floor for this season is the divisional round of the playoffs. I mean, I think that's kind of where they see themselves being, you know, nobody has talked about Super Bowl or trophies or anything like that, which I think the giants have done a lot of that in the past. Uh, and they've kind of run themselves into the ground after that, as we've seen the failed regimes that have come one after the other, after the other have always talked Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. And I think, uh, what Dable did, even from his first press conference as head coach, never really mentioned Super Bowl. You can go back and search for Super Bowl out of his press conference transcript, and he never mentioned Super Bowl. Uh, it doesn't mean that that's not the goal, but um, I think Dable tried to set the tone at the owners' meetings when he talked about the thing that he can't get over from last season is not all of the success, but how Philly basically kicked them up and down the field and in the link in the playoffs. And that's the taste that's in his mouth. I think he's going to try to make that uh, the team's mantra, if you will. Uh, But the spring has really changed a lot, Sean. And Dable has taken a certain tact and a certain approach that I think might fit this Giants team. Um, and I don't want to keep rambling on so because I know we're going to get into that, but it's part of yeah. my impressions of what's going on in OTAs and, and what how they're going to close out this offseason program and how he's approached it has been very interesting. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So before we get to the elephant in the room that wears the jersey number 26, I do want to just bring up Art. Uh, today, and you were obviously at, we're taping this on Tuesday, June 13th. You were obviously at Giants uh, minicamp. So what's going on up in Buffalo has been very fascinating. It might be the big national story of the day. Now the NBA finals clear out. And that is that Stefan Diggs did not report and not report to Buffalo's mandatory minicamp on Tuesday. Now his agent said that his client is in Buffalo, has been in Buffalo since yesterday morning. He took his physical. He met with head coach Sean McDermott and their general manager the past two days, and the Pro Bowl wide receiver, quote, would will be there for the entirety of minicamp. That was what the agent said. Yet he doesn't show up today. And Sean McDermott, who I'm surprised he revealed this much, said in a quote that he's very concerned that Diggs is not there. This led to Josh Allen having comments, uh, as Albert Breer reported. I know internally we're working on some things, not football-related, but Steph, he's my guy. Excuse me. I bleeping love him. He's a brother of mine. This does not work, what we're doing here without him. So I wonder what working on some things. You hope everything's all right when you hear not football-related. But this has been drama all year. Him uh, on social media with his brother talking about same-division stuff. 
I say this as it connects to the Giants because, honestly, anything connected to Buffalo is always going to be connected to this team with Joe Shane, Brian Dable, the natural connection they would have with Stephon Diggs. And, oh, by the way, I think a lot of Giant fans would say the one unsatisfying part of this offseason might be they got Darren Waller, and he's a pseudo-number one receiver, but he's not a wide receiver. Uh, Look, if things were to break down here, do you think, because this isn't DeAndre Hopkins, that based on their connection, this might be a change where the Giants would be interested in adding a guy like Diggs into this wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, in terms of talent and, and fit in this offense, I mean, we already know what a, a, a Stephon Diggs can do in a Brian Dable offense. We know Joe Shane uh, obviously has an affinity for Diggs from his time in Buffalo, as you mentioned. Uh, and, you know, look, Diggs, you bring him in here and all of a sudden he is your legitimate you know, wide receiver one. Uh, the one thing I will say is if there are things behind the scenes that are not working out up in Buffalo, uh, and if he's not working out those issues with Brandon Bean in Buffalo, I don't know if Joe Shane would be the guy that all of a sudden would jump in and say, well, I don't care about what your relationship with Bean is. Let me see if I can fix the relationship with me. True. You know, they're very close. I mean, it's a, one of his mentors, Shane's uh, is Bean. So I think it almost works both ways. You know, you you look at it, if the Bills were ever to part with Diggs in a window where they need to compete, contend, and try to win a Super Bowl, I'd almost, if Bean is is trading away Diggs, would Shane be the guy, you know, online first, or will he have information that would prevent him from, you know, making that kind of deal? That's the only thing that would be in my head is that sometimes – familiarity breeds contempt. And I think in this situation, if the bills are giving up on Stefan Diggs, why would the Bills South, so to speak, be the first ones in line? That that's the only thing that would give me apprehension in terms of Stefan Diggs. Now, if, if Bean basically looked at it and said, you know, we love Steph, we, we love having him here, but we have to go in another direction because we're not going to give him a contract. Uh, and then that was the only thing. It was the contract sticking point. Uh, then I would say, okay, maybe Shane would explore and see what's going on. But you you nailed it. For McDermott to come out and say, uh, you know, what he said at the press conference, it, you almost hope that it's nothing off the field yeah. uh, and not of a football-related situation for Diggs. Again, we're taping on Tuesday, so whatever is to come out, in the hours and and days after the fact. Uh, But yeah, I mean, that would be my answer, Sean, is that I get it. Talent talent wise fit, you know, it makes sense. Uh, I just don't know. I think the closer you get to the situation, maybe the further you pull away, if he becomes available. And I think that's kind of the situation with, uh, with Shane and Dable and then being obviously being up in Buffalo and being as close to them as, as they are. That, that is very understandable. And now uh, you know, let's just pivot here to, to the big story of the Giants week and probably the story of the summer. It's going to be Saquon Barkley. And we have, you know, another month ago until July 15th, he finally spoke at a camp. And I thought, good for Saquon. You know, uh, first of all, the guy has a right to want to make as much money and have as much security for the job he's done uh, for his family, for himself. Um, he has gone out of his way to say again that he's not looking to reset the market. Now, does that mean he's looking to match Christian McCaffrey? He certainly didn't say he wasn't looking to match Christian McCaffrey in 16. Right. No. Um, I'm sure he doesn't like that stump, some stuff has gotten leaked, and I'm sure the Giants have leaked plenty of what's gone on. So I guess, Art, let, let's start here. 
Do you think that this is just really heated negotiations that eventually gets done? Or do you think we're actually seeing the beginning of a fractured relationship between Saquon and this organization? I don't think it's a fractured relationship. I, I think how I look at it, and I was not at Saquon's camp Sunday night. Uh, so I'm going off of the videos that I saw. So I didn't have a chance to talk to Saquon face to face. But in terms of this, I, if I were on Saquon's side as his representatives, Team Saquon, if you will, I would probably be frustrated because the Giants haven't really bent in any way, at right. least, least perception-wise, right? I mean, Joe Shane said going into the franchise period, if we franchise tag you, we are going to pull your offer because we are now going to be comfortable using the franchise tag on you. Right. And that's what they did. They followed through and they did that. I think, you know, it's a different way the Giants have approached. I mean, look, they they went to the 11th hour with Eli Manning all those years back, 2015. They, they yeah. You know, Eli, there were reports that came out that Eli wanted to be the highest paid uh, quarterback in the league. And he came out and refuted, actually went after Ian Rappaport at the time, uh, saying right. that that wasn't true. And, you know, so – and he was in the building, so he wasn't at a camp. He was at the Giants building, but he was frustrated with the way things were playing out. Um, I, I think what Saquon didn't say is important here. Uh, I think we look at it and say, uh, okay, so what do you want? Like, what will get it done for Saquon? And he didn't talk about that on Sunday. He talked around that. Uh, I think the Giants know what it will get it done, and I don't think they've been willing to go there. Do I believe they'll be willing to go there by July 5th, July 17th? Um, I, I got to imagine they find some common ground here, Sean. I don't believe that the Giants want to let Saquon go. I don't believe Saquon wants to go anywhere else. Uh, and I think that by the end of this thing, $10.1 million guaranteed for this year is probably going to be the high watermark for any running backs that are out there on the free agent market. Yeah. So that's the reality. Yeah, so to add to that, Art, I, I like I want to make things clear. I've been very anti-picking Saquon Barkley second overall forever, and I think there's no denying his injury history. It doesn't mean he's not a great player. He's not a great ambassador for the franchise, and it doesn't mean I don't want him here long term. But I think that like two things need to both be said out loud here if you're now coming, and it's been a very pro-Saquon push on Monday and Tuesday since he spoke yeah. in the national media. I mean, Joy and Daniel Jones getting dragged at every turn as a result. One thing I didn't like that Saquon said that a lot of other people have said. Saquon talking about, you know, the Patrick Mahomes aspect, and I get it. That's semi-throwing Daniel Jones under the bus, but I think we all are real about it, and that's fine, and even Daniel would agree. But the idea that, look what I've done for this franchise, look what I've done for this team, and so many other people saying that, that's the first mistake of free agency, and one the Giants have made for years. You don't pay a guy for what he's done. You pay a guy for what you think he's about to become, which I think is where it worked out with Daniel Jones. So I think that's a bad negotiating tack for sake. want to be selling what he's done. I want to hear why are you going to be different than how Ezekiel Elliott fell off a cliff or so many of these other running backs do. That's number one. And number two, whether the Giants pulled whatever offer or not, they realized, you know, what was going on with the market. We've seen what's gone on here with Jacobs, with Eckler, now Dalvin Cook. I mean, the Giants also shouldn't bid against themselves just because they're negotiating with the player. The, the reality is was what the reality is. Whether you think it's fair or unfair to running backs, that's the reality we're living in. So if him and Jacobs want to take a stand, bless their hearts, do that. But the Giants should, should not be paying him for what he's done. 
and should also not just be paying him out of the goodness of their hearts. I mean, show me who they're going to compete against or what the competing offer would be if Saquon ever hit the open market. Because right now it tells you that $10 million a year is probably the most he'd probably get. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, not for anything, Sean. And again, it all goes back to, you know, everybody's parsing words now. Like, just because you talk about how you don't think that uh, the Giants offer is unfair to Saquon doesn't mean you're slighting Saquon in any way. Right. Uh, And the, the reality is for what he's been for his career to this point, the Giants have paid him as the number two pick in the draft. You know, he's made almost $30 million, I believe, uh, in his career to be here with the Giants. Right, he didn't make 500K each of the last four years, correct? Exactly, and it's not a situation where Victor Cruz in 2011 was getting paid as an undrafted free agent, and then the following year he wanted a contract and was almost like, no, we're paying you what you're worth. No, you pay now you have to pay a guy who led you to the Super Bowl or at least helped lead you to the Super Bowl. Uh, So, you know, look, it's a tough situation. I appreciate where Saquon's coming from in terms of, you know, look, I, I was here through the bad times, and these are my words, not his, but I was here through the bad times. I was the one you trotted out there. I was the face of the franchise. I, I'm shaking hands and kissing babies when I have to. You know, I represent this organization. What I think and my personal feeling on this is that Saquon's appealing to John Mara and Steve Tisch, and that's the way I see it. He's appealing to the organization to – ownership that has I don't want to say given in but certainly catered and put a premium on guys who were the face of the franchise important giants and that's how they were paid and not for anything they had gotten in trouble at times by doing that and they did that at the latter part of Eli's career uh, here with the Giants and it led to ultimately uh, you know an ugly situation and we're not going to go rehash that but the, the reality is you have a general manager here who is not just trying to set things up for 2023. He's looking ahead. He's trying to think Bingo. where this franchise is going to be three, four years from now. And I don't know if Saquon Barkley is going to be a part of that. We've seen, we've seen running backs in this league. We've seen any player in any position other than quarterback, really, get to a point in their career where they're one-year deals. They're basically going from one year deal to the next because their bodies have given out or the league has dictated that they hit a certain point, and that's just the way it is. And for Saquon, to me, it's a it's a tough call because the Giants want to win this year. They have right. a locker room that knows that Saquon is a huge part of this team. So Joe Shane has got to basically look at the locker room and decide how far is he willing to go beyond his value of Saquon and the number that they put on the player versus the impact in the locker room. And I'll tell you this, we started the whole interview with Julian Love. Now, Julian Love got an offer from the Giants early in free agency. It was coming off of the end of the season. He had an offer. And Joe Shane basically said, 
when the new league year starts, that offer is off the table and you're invited to explore the market. Now, I don't know if it was done in those terms, but that's what I heard. And I heard that directly from Julian Love, that the Giants took their offer off the table. They were told they were going to do that. When Julian, Julian Love got his offer from Seattle, he came back, called the Giants, said, will you match Seattle? And it was the same day that the Giants signed Darius Slayton. And Joe Shane said to Julian, we have to wish you well. We, we already moved on with certain plans. We wish we would have talked to you sooner, but this is the way it was. And Julian Love had to live with the idea that he gave up money to basically end up in Seattle. And that's the business that Joe Shane is trying to build here with the Giants, is that they're trying to be honest. You can't make a threat in bargaining and negotiating and then back off of it. Yeah. And I think they didn't do that with love and they lost a captain, you know, a guy who was beloved in the locker room and the, and the organization, the media loved him, fans loved him. And they, they lost a player because they held strong on what they were deciding. And I think ultimately they'll probably give a little bit more for Saquon, but I don't know how much more I, I do think he'll be here this year. I do think they'll probably come to an agreement at some point, uh, but I think it's probably Saquon who's going to have to give more uh, than the Giants will. I can't even follow that up. That That is so perfectly said. I guess if I were to follow it up, now that I'm thinking about it, just one more thing, Art. It was Saquon did talk about in that quote about Patrick Mahomes about like not every team has that and the running backs are different. And you talked about Joe Shane thinking about this team a couple of years down the road. Uh, and I think that's the money part of it. Yes, the Giants made the playoffs last year, partially because Saquon Barkley was an absolute stud horse. If the Giants forget 2023 for a second or in 2024, 2025, and that is their main recipe for making the playoffs, I would argue that the team is not closer to being a Super Bowl contender. They need to start building the team in those ways. And that's the dream, not just winning nine games and going to beat Minnesota in the wild card round. And that's why you pay guys and try to think about down the line about how your team wants to be structured. And by the way, don't pay Daniel Jones $40 million if you think he just needs that absolute stud running back to carry him home either way. And I think that the you know ownership showed you that they, they have faith in him and probably the coaching staff that they continue to change that. Fair? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think they're looking ahead. I mean, look, they're already, they're already looking at next year. Joe Shane let it slip. I believe it was at the Combine that about the franchise tag when it was with respect to Daniel Jones before he signed his contract. And Shane said, well, you know, you know, then you got to look towards next year. And if we need the franchise tag for Xavier McKinney, if he raises his game to where we think it could get to the safety number on the franchise tag is a lot lower than other positions. So sure. you use that franchise tag as a negotiating tool. You know, you've got Andrew Thomas coming up yeah. who is going to reset the market at offensive tackle. I don't think there's any any way to he should. That. Yeah. He absolutely should. And I think he will. And I think the Giants will reset the market. <laughs> and Just that's like a position, they, by the way, Giant fans are not willing to play around with. As you know. Right. Uh, now here here's the factor, Sean. And I said this to somebody at practice today. If you had to line up the most important giant, I do it every year. Who are the most important giants to success in 2023? Uh, who are their most dominant players? Whatever you want to say. Right now, the two most important players on the Giants are Andrew Thomas and Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. Daniel Jones is extremely important. Don't get me wrong. He's paid as much for his importance and who he is uh, as much as it is the quarterback market. 
You know, they wouldn't have just pulled $40 million a year out of the air yeah. and said, we got to pay Daniel Jones this, you know? So where does Saquon fall in that? You know, probably yeah. very close, yeah. but I put a Dory Jackson before Saquon too, at this point, to be honest with you, just in terms of you need a Dory Jackson out on the field. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I don't think they're going to extend him uh, at this point. No, I mean, in 2023, right. You could find a way to compete all year with Saquon. I don't think you can find a year to compete with strictly uh, Deontay. Absolutely. I mean, you know, once Aaron Donald is out of the picture, okay. You can make an argument that the Giants have the best left tackle in football and the best defensive tackle in football. Yeah. And they will be paid accordingly. Those those positions are premium positions. And the market in the NFL are telling you that you may have a premier player at running back, but running back is not a premier position. So are you willing to go beyond the market and say, we love Saquon. We need him here. And we're going to reward him for all these things that he's going to do beyond the football field. In the past, I think the Giants might do that, you know, but the Giants were also refusing to match Justin Tuck and sent Justin Tuck to Oakland yeah. when Justin Tuck wanted a little bit of respect after winning two Super Bowls and say, keep me here. I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to be here. And they made the decision, the hard decision. We, we can't meet your price. And they let him go. Saquon hasn't done for this organization yet what Justin Tuck <laughs> did for this. There ain't no doubt about that. OCU and Yura once had an, uh, you know, a knockdown, drag out fight with the Giants general manager and Jerry Reese. If you remember that, Sean, you know, OC Yumanura accused Jerry Reese of lying in legal documents. And then when OC went to Atlanta and things didn't work out well, he ended up coming back, retired as a Giant. And on the day he retired, he and Jerry Reese laughed about it. They laughed about it. They said, ah, we went to the diner. Remember, we talked it out, all that stuff. So ultimately, I think that's probably where this Saquon thing ends up going. Uh, I know we've rambled and gone all over the place, but uh, look, there's still a lot of uncertainty. I think there are two extremes to this, Sean. One, Saquon sits out the season. It's not going to happen. No, no way. It's not going to happen. For a guy who has missed as much time as he has, and how it's just ached at his core to have to miss that time. There's no way he's sitting out the season. Could I be wrong? Sure. The other side, the other extreme, is that the Giants decide in late August, Eric Gray looks great in practice, and we're tired of this thing dragging on, and we're rescinding the tag on Saquon, and he's now a free agent. We get nothing for Saquon, but what are we going to do? We're not going to tie up $10 million. We'll send it to next year, and maybe we get the – you know, you maybe maybe at that point Dalvin Cook is still on the market, and you sign Dalvin Cook for one year, seven million dollars. Right, you save three million. It's right. not. I mean, they're they're not going to rescind the tag. Joe Shane has said all along he wants Saquon Barkley here. Uh, they want him to be a part of this team uh, for twenty twenty three and beyond. And now it's just a waiting game, and it's frustrating. And you're going to read things, and you're going to hear things, and you're going to say, "When is this thing going to end?" Uh, I think it'll end right around that deadline on July 17th. And I think they'll ultimately get a long-term deal done. It'll probably be a little bit closer to what Saquon wants, a lot closer to what the Giants want. And that's just the reality of the situation, the way I see it. That is Art Stapleton. Art, where can we find all of your work, your podcast, reading you, tell the audience. 
podcast is all in with Art Stapleton. You can find it on all your favorite podcasts. I'm sure everywhere One Giant Step is. I'm sure you can find uh, all in with Art Stapleton. Uh, one-on-one interview this week with Darren Waller. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, that happened after practice on Tuesday. So that'll be up by the time you see, hear the show. So make sure you check that out. We'll have video and uh, audio clips and all my coverage you can check out on NorthJersey.com. Uh, subscribe if you can. Uh, we like to think that we have the most complete Giants coverage uh, out there. So hopefully you'll enjoy that as well. And, you know, we'll keep getting Sean back on all in at one point to be able to uh, do a nice little crossover with one giant step. I love it, Art. I love it. Art Stapleton, our friend. Thanks, Art, for taking one giant step with us. And thank you to the audience. As always, download, subscribe. As Art said, everywhere podcasts are available. Take care, everybody.